0: And welcome back as I talk to Luke Wenatong, who is the Community Relations Officer for the Queensland Human Rights Commission. Now, this Act and what it does mean for the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders, I'm just going to touch on this finally, and we did speak previously, this is COVID. We're talking about the COVID and what it means for the uh, Human Rights Act, because we have seen lockdowns, we have seen people... that, that. are uncomfortable with masks and using of the QR code and everything else. How does that connect or react with the the Human Rights Act?
1: Yeah, it's interesting because I came to the commission just before COVID happened. So I, I joined in late 2019. So it was a very interesting time. Not only is it a new bit of legislation protecting people's human rights in Queensland, but it also happened at a time of, you know, once in a hundred year type of global pandemic where of course the government has had to limit people's uh, human rights. So specifically for, you know, if I can talk about the Cairns area or Far North Queensland, the Cape and Torres, yeah, people were locked in or out of their communities. And obviously, like if we can talk about Yarraba, there was obviously things that I uh, saw on the news, on the media. Um, around people being upset in those communities. And we got calls from other communities as well about people being upset that their freedom of movement, for Mm -hmm. example, which is included in the Human Rights Act, was being limited. But human rights are not absolute. So they have to be balanced. Human rights have to be balanced between public and private interests. So uh, if someone's calling me from a community saying my, uh, my freedom of movement is being limited, yes, that's correct. But it also um, doesn't mean that government can't limit people's human rights. So government obviously limited it for a reason. What was the reason for the government limiting that human right? And that's some of the balance that some, you know, some of the councils, the local uh, Aboriginal Shire councils uh, had had to weigh up. So they would be saying, yes, we understand our, you know, some of our people in our communities are angry about being limited but we're also having to protect the elders in our community and the vulnerable people in our community from a potentially deadly uh pandemic and we can see and we've we've been lucky to be honest um until now where we see in western new south wales some of the um will kenya in will kenya and and some of the things that are happening down there so that's it's it's all about a public versus private um, Balance, I guess, mm. about limiting people's human rights. But the point that I'll make is that human rights are not absolute. They need to be balanced. And
0: these were I suppose directions from the Chief Health Officer, and I've seen this in other states. One was the mirroring of masks, unless you had a medical exemption, and also using the QR code to as you enter a, a building. But these being the direction of the chief medical officer is actually a lawful direction.
1: Yeah, that's right. It's a lawful direction. Um, And people will obviously, and it's understandable that people will say, well, my human rights are being limited, you know, freedom of movement, my privacy and confidentiality is another one um, if if you want me to check in. Um, But Again, it would be private versus public interest. Um, So the government would say, um, you know, if a complaint was to come to us about it, then the government would say, well, we're doing it for the greater good, basically. And the mask example is a good one. We've, you know, obviously had lots of people calling us about masks. And uh, if you have a lawful exemption, then you shouldn't have to provide a medical certificate or anything like that. Um,
0: asthmatic that type of thing
1: yeah that sort of thing also all of there's a number of different awful um doesn't have to be a physical um impairment it can be anything luke is
0: there anything else you want to touch on this time around because i'm looking forward to having you in the studio a lot more often than this
1: yeah look i'm happy to come in and talk about any topical issues hopefully covid in the next 12 or 18 months is behind us and we can talk about other things but you know the the point i'll make is that specifically for you know your listeners but for you know Aboriginal people and Torres Strait Islander people it's not just the Human Rights Act it's the it's the Anti-Discrimination Act as well and we know that Aboriginal people and Torres Strait Islander people are disproportionately discriminated against Mm -hmm. in Australia probably you know similarly to what's happened all around the world Um, but it's not until people get the information that they need about their protections that they can come to us and make a complaint and so at the commission we're trying to make it um you know a little bit more culturally safe for people to because it's a big thing for someone to um have to walk in reach out have to walk into an office which is a you know a sterile environment um i liken it to you know some of the elders that have to come down from cape or torres and have to walk into the hospital which is a totally scary um, foreign environment and you know uh, in one of my previous roles, we had elders that come down that were sickly, but had never been in a lift before and so wouldn't get in a lift, you know, that sort of thing. So that's the, the type of thing, um, a, a similar thing that we're, we're trying to make it a little bit easier or culturally more safe for people to have to come to us. And and, that, and that's a big part of the work that we do in the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander unit.
0: And you're also saying very quickly that you also do training. So you train with businesses, with community, with councils and everything else like that. So if somebody wants to find out more about this act, how's the best way for them to find, you know, we've got email, uh, online or even phone. How's the best way?
1: Yeah, look, um, my, there's three um, people on our website. Um, three people named on our website with their contact details and I'm one of them <laughs> uh, across the state. So, And my colleague Jody in Brisbane is another. So if you go to qhrc.qld.gov.au, that's the, uh, that's the website for the Human Rights Commission. Um, and just follow the links. I think what the link is for Aboriginal people and Torres Strait Islander people. So that's got information, videos, my contact details. Um, but for people in Far North Queensland um, especially, um, you can uh, just give me a call. Um, it's four zero three seven two one zero four, or drop into our office. I'm based at 10 Grove Street, so um, diagonally opposite Cairns State High School if anyone in Cairns knows where that is, um, and just come down and have a chat. My role is to talk to people and help them with um, any issues and give them um, information around the acts and whether you know, they think um, they should put in a complaint or you know, just general information. It sounds good, Luke. Thanks very much for your time, mate. Thank you. Luke Wenatong, who
0: is the Community Relations Officer for the Queensland Human Rights Commission.